Hi everyone and welcome along to the Ergonomically Speaking podcast, the podcast that aims to help you reduce and even eliminate work-related discomfort. I'm your host Neve Pentney of Boyne Ergonomics. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really hope that you're able to take away some useful practical advice from this podcast to help you reduce your own risk of discomfort at the workplace or help manage the risks among the people that you might be responsible for. So now that we know why we're here, let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome along to another episode of the Ergonomically Speaking podcast, where today I'm going to be talking to you all about smart use of your smartphone. So in the world we live in now, smartphones are absolutely integral for most of our lives. I know for mine, it is essential for work and for leisure. I will be absolutely lost without it, which when I think back, I remember getting my first phone that actually had internet access and wondering, what's the point? Sure, my phone doesn't need internet. What use is that to me? And how absolutely wrong I was. As I said, I use it for work daily. I use it for leisure. It pretty much comes with me most places that I go. So it is absolutely an integral part for a lot of our lives. And I had a look at a few statistics. So on Statista, according to these guys, in 2024, there will be over 4 billion smartphone users. That's this year. And they've estimated that's going to increase to over 6 billion in 2029. And I look back over the last four years, there is no doubt, I think anyway, that smartphone use increased during COVID as we're kind of looking for ways to pass time and stay connected. And there was a study, Ratan L back in 21, reported that 70% of internet users, especially younger users, were using their smartphones more during the pandemic as a direct result of the lockdown. Same study reported that 61% of parents classify their children as addicted to their smart devices. So from staying connected, using social media, managing work on the go, our reliance on these devices is undeniable. However, I do feel the convenience of the smartphone does come at a cost, both visually and musculoskeletally. There's been many studies linking smartphone use to musculoskeletal discomfort, reduced quality of sleep, poor psychological well-being. So just picked a couple of samples. Um, Jacques Brett and Gore's 2023 reported that between 50 to 84% of smartphone users report musculoskeletal disorders. Sarah Judina L in 22 reported that smartphone addiction and overuse are associated with musculoskeletal disorders, mostly affecting the neck, followed by the shoulders, the hands, wrists and elbows among university students and general users. Rafika Al found that users that looked at the smartphone for more than eight hours over a 24-hour period and used the phone for at least 30 minutes of sleeping after the lights had been turned off, kept the phone near the pillow and reported poor sleep quality. Just three very short sample studies. But what I wanted to highlight with those are the risks. There are lots of risks to ourselves associated with our reliance now on these mobile smartphones. So what I'm going to cover in this episode is the risks associated with smartphone use. What are the symptoms of excessive use? 
what should we be looking out for? And look, what are some practical things that we can do to try and mitigate the potential long-term damage? Now, this episode is very much aimed at anyone who uses a smartphone, but in my back of my mind, when I was researching this and putting it together, I do have a concern for younger people when it comes to smartphone use. You can look at any young person, any bus stop, any train stop, anywhere where you see them outside the schools, they are standing upright, yes, but a lot of time the heads are looking down. And it's similar in some ways to what we're talking about in the laptop episode to laptop screen positioning. However, it's much more severe. I find you generally, a lot of the time, especially if they're standing, don't have the forward lean. The angle at the neck is quite severe. So I do, when I'm researching these episodes my mind is always kind of flicking back to younger developing adolescents where their musculoskeletal system is still developing really really concerned about the impact that smartphone use is going to have on them as they enter adulthood but obviously this episode is for everyone and I really hope there's practical advice in here for you so let's have a look what are the ergonomic risks associated with smartphone use. So as you know, I like to classify my risks under the terms. So the ergonomic risk factors that I would associate with smartphone use are your adverse awkward postures, your prolonged static postures, repetitive stress, grip forces, and blue light emission. So when I have a look first at their adverse and our awkward postures, and I touched on it there a couple of seconds ago, did you ever Catch a glimpse of yourself when you're using your phone or have a little look around if you're on a bus station or a train station, anywhere or waiting room, somewhere where people are, are just kind of waiting, hanging around. What do you notice? Most people are on their phone. And what's their position? Most people head down. The phone is nearly at kind of belly button level or slightly higher and the head is looking down. So This position with the head flexed neck flex apologies head forward from the midline similar to laptops it increases the workload on the neck shoulder upper back it strains the ligaments and it compresses the cervical discs in your spine so the discs in between the vertebrae of your neck similar in a way to how the discs in your lower back get compressed when you sit so aside from the head down posture when we're scrolling through the smartphone People often sit in positions that might increase the strain on the lower back. So especially when you're sitting, you might be slouching, you might be leaning, you might have a slight twist to the torso, you might have the shoulder resting on the arm of the chair, you might have the arms held up away from the body. You're you're generally in positions that are putting a little bit of extra strain on the lower back or are pushing some of the joints out away from the midline, away from their kind of most efficient point of operation. Now, I am a believer that generally speaking there is no such thing as the wrong posture as such because we're all made to be mobile our joints all have different range of motions our muscles all have different range of abilities to get us into different positions however it's the frequency and the duration that we hold these postures in that can be the problem so if you have frequent or prolonged position of joints beyond their midpoint or frequent movement without breaks that's where we increase the risk of strain, discomfort and injury. So it's not that kind of slouching back in the chair while you're scrolling your phone is necessarily bad. But if you sit like that for a while, then you're going to put strain on your tissues 
And that's where the discomfort can arise. And that's where the issue can arise. And if we're doing it a lot, then that posture becomes a problem. The next risk factor is your prolonged static posture. So touched on it there. Look, it's happened to us all. You pick up your phone to check something. You get a notification. Or you're taking a break in between something. You decide to jump on Instagram or whatever. And you get caught in a total scroll hole. And next thing you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes have passed. And you notice your back's a bit sore. Your neck's a little stiff. Your shoulder's a bit tight. You've been in a static, awkward position for a prolonged period. And static postures, we've touched on them before a few times. Static postures can cause a buildup of the waste products in your muscles. You'll also have reduced circulation of fuel and oxygen because you've been static. And this can cause your muscles to get fatigued stiff and inflamed then if you think about your hands and your fingers when you're using your phone and even your neck as well you can have a lot of repetitive movements another risk factor so whether you're scrolling you're typing you're looking up you're looking down you're moving your hand up and down your elbow up and down you can have repetitive movements of the thumbs the fingers the wrists the elbow and the neck And when the muscles and tendons are worked too much, tiny little micro tears happen in the tissues. And inflammation generally occurs because your body's trying to repair these teeny weeny micro tears. But if this is repeated and without kind of appropriate rest and recovery periods, the inflammation gets worse, scar tissue can develop and pain can follow. So again, it's not that repetitive movements are bad. It's just that too much repetitive movements with an insufficient break period That's where the issue arises. And that can happen a lot with smartphones. The other one that a lot of people don't think about is grip forces. So I am 40. So I've lived through quite a few evolutions of the mobile phone, different shapes. And I remember when we were trying to get them before they became smartphones, the push was to make the phones nearly as small as possible. Jesus, some of them were tiny. But now we've gone the other way where we're trying to get them bigger enough that's acceptable before it jumps into kind of tablet status because obviously they are now smartphones you want to see as much information as you can on your screen because they're no longer used just for pure text and phone use anymore so they've become bigger so the size of the smartphone itself usually means that you have to hold it in this kind of wide finger grip to stop it falling on the ground And this can increase the workload on the forearm and the hand that's holding the phone. And if you're doing this frequently and for prolonged periods, again, this can become a problem. It's not a problem, short duration, infrequently, but that's not how we use smartphones. And the final risk factor is our blue light emissions. So blue light waves are high energy, short waves emitted from digital screens. Now, they can have a negative impact on health of the cornea, the lens and the retina. They've also been found to negatively impact sleep, which in itself can then, of course, cause other problems with the musculoskeletal system. They can all accumulate together. Those are the risk factors. Those are what we are concerned about when it comes to smartphone use. But how do you know if you're either using your smartphone too much, if you're using it incorrectly, if you are in these adverse postures, if you are in a static posture for too long? The first thing, one main thing you're going to notice is musculoskeletal issues. So inflammation, tendonitis, joint inflammation, 
strain the ligaments, tendinopathies, nerve irritations. These are all risks that associate with frequent and prolonged use of a smartphone. So we'll just run through a few of them. Postural syndrome of the neck, mid and lower back. This is a term for the kind of general discomfort that we feel in the muscles when we're in an awkward or strained position. So it kind of comes across like a dull ache in the area if you spend kind of too long in a certain position. But it generally goes away once you get up and move around. So for example, if you were sitting on your sofa, kind of slouched over, looking down at your phone, you might notice a little bit of discomfort in your back or a little bit of discomfort in your shoulder. But then once you change position or move around, it disappears. So there's nothing too serious with it, but it's it's the general discomfort that you feel when you've been in an awkward position or in the one position for too long. Tech neck is a term used to describe common symptoms associated with laptop, smartphone, tablet use. Generally speaking, the common symptoms, like an umbrella term, the common symptoms are stiffness and aching in the neck, shoulders, upper back pain, headaches, decreased range of movement in the neck, can then go to intense stabbing pain in the neck or shoulders, pain in the neck when you look down, pain in the jaw, tingling and numbness in the arms or hands. Now I have done a whole blog post, I've done a whole um, episode all about Technic. I'll put the link in the show notes if you want to jump back and have a look at that. The next area we will be concerned about is disc bulges in the spine. So when we think of disc bulges, a lot of people traditionally think of the likes of bulges in the lower back and associated symptoms of sciatica, nerve pain. But definitely, like I can speak anecdotally, in the last four years, I am coming across more and more people. And these people are, are, are young who are experiencing disc bulges in the discs in the neck. And essentially they're caused by prolonged and frequent poor posture, which include bending, slouching, lifting and twisting. Whatever is going to put excessive strain on the disc. So if you have the discs under compression forces for a long time and often, well, you're going to weaken essentially the part of the disc that you're pressing down on. So if you think of it like a sponge, when you compress it, the size of it kind of expand outwards and you're going to weaken the edges. And then over time, it can cause a weakness to happen and a bulge can form. Very And like discs degenerate over time. So anyone, like I know for myself, if I go for an MRI tomorrow, it's going to come back with disc degeneration in the lower spine. That's totally normal. However, what's not normal is the rate at which discs, disc bulges, disc herniations, disc damage is happening to people generally associated with laptop, tablet, smartphone use. I just say anecdotally, I'm seeing more and more and more of it in the neck, whereas for the last few years definitely pre-covid it was mostly in the lower back so even people who don't have desk-based job it's now become an increased risk for those guys too because even if you don't have a desk-based job most of us have a smartphone so the risk is there for everyone the next kind of symptom or issue we can see is thumb tendonitis so it's also known as decurvens tendonitis if you've heard of it essentially it's caused by overuse of the thumb the repetitive and prolonged use of the thumb can cause the tendon to become inflamed. Similarly, if we look at carpal tunnel syndrome, 
This is caused when the flexor tendons that go from your arm into your hand through the little carpal tunnel in your wrist, they become inflamed. When they become inflamed, they compress the median nerve. So if you think about it, tendons run through the tunnel, so does the median nerve. That tunnel is a fixed structure of bone. So if the tendons get inflamed, there's nowhere for them to go. So they compress the median nerve. And that's going to happen if they become overused. Similarly, cubital tunnel syndrome, which is one that not a lot of people have heard of, but it's actually quite common, is caused by compression of the ulnar nerve at the elbow. So with the cubital nerve syndrome, the point actually, the point of pain, I suppose, or the cause of the pain is at the elbow. But again, similarly, it's felt in the hand. Wrist tendinopathy occurs by overuse of the tendons of the wrist. And this causes like a degeneration of the collagen and a thinning of the fibres and can just cause a bit of inflammation, a little bit of, um, I don't know if you ever heard of crepitus, which is like a, a gritty sandpaper feeling when you move your wrist. And smartphone pinky. Now, not the official term. However, this, believe it or not, is actually what prompted this episode. So I have noticed recently that when I relax my hands, my baby finger, my pinky finger on my right hand, sits away from my ring finger and I've put a picture of this in the blog post I use my smartphone a lot when I'm on site it's one of my tools it's how I fill in some of my forms and I've noticed that when I'm using my smartphone in this way I position my pinky finger under my phone to stabilize it and now when I rest my hand my pinky finger naturally sits away from my ring finger on my right hand but not on my left. It's not painful. It's not uncomfortable. It's just a little kind of deviation, a little thing I've noticed. And when I looked into it, it's incredibly common. So it is a little sign that you might be holding your phone incorrectly or a little bit too much. When it comes to the eyes, what we are concerned about with smartphones is digital eye strain and again it's a whole blog post a whole episode about this which I'll put in the show notes but it, digital eye strain it's the umbrella term for ocular and non-ocular symptoms that's associated with prolonged use of digital screens so you could have your dry eyes headaches blurred visions so increased visual demand and um, a lower rate of blinking the distance of from your screen between you and the screen your brightness level your glare and your blue light emissions are some of the factors associated with smartphone use that can impact your eyes and your vision. So what can we do? As always, once we identify the risk factors, well, then we're trying to reduce them. So let's look at how we can reduce adverse postures. Firstly, when you're using your phone, be very conscious of your posture, be aware of it, be mindful of it. Hold your phone close to eye level wherever possible. So bring your screen to your eyes and not your eyes down to your screen. Try and sit up straight and avoid slouching. Use supportive cushions to try and support your posture and practice hand and finger stretches to try and maintain flexibility and reduce strain. And have a look at using accessories for your phone like pop sockets, like styluses, like little ergonomic keyboards, depending on what you're using your phone for to try and minimize the strain and the grip forces associated with holding your phone and using your phone. And be very, very mindful of how much time you spend on your phone 
set limits and take breaks the same as a computer, the same as a laptop, the same as anything. We want to avoid prolonged periods in the one position. You need to take breaks to give your eyes and your musculoskeletal system a break. Reducing repetitive movements. Take your regular breaks. Stretch your neck, your shoulders, your hands and your wrists. And importantly, which I know a lot of people do use, but not everyone, use voice to text when you can to reduce the need for constant typing. I do enjoy a little voice note in WhatsApp sometimes instead of typing a message out. Um, It can be nice to listen to my friends' voices and equally it can be nice for me to just talk to them instead of typing out a message. So try and use that where you can, even in emails, wherever you can. Reducing grip forces will obviously take your regular breaks and consider using the likes of your pop sockets or your straps that make it easier for you to hold a phone without a wide grip on the side of it. And phone stands should be used. So I always use a phone stand when I'm sitting here at my desk. The phone is always on a stand because one, it makes it easier to see. And two, I don't have to hold it if I want to have a quick scroll or if I want to check a notification. The phone is on the stand. And how do we reduce eye strain? Well, similar to a computer. So have a look at your phone settings. Adjust the font size, adjust the brightness and the contrast. Turn on the blue light filter if you can. And implement your 20-20-20 rule. Again, same as a computer screen because it is a screen. Take a 20 second break every 20 minutes and look at something 20 feet away. Now we're not going to measure 20 feet. Just look off at the distance. As I say, look up to the sky, look around the room. Try to look at nothing in particular. Use your blue light filters or if you need to wear blue light blocking glasses. Look, the research on them is not concrete, but they're not going to do any harm. And avoid using your smartphone in bed, particularly when the room is dark. If you have turned off that light and you are settling down to bed, you settle down to bed. Whatever is on the phone can wait. Do not use your smartphone in the dark. While they are essential, obviously, it's crucial to try and use them responsibly to protect our visual and our musculoskeletal health. And by incorporating a few recommendations here into your routine, you can enjoy the benefits of the technology without compromising your well-being. It's, we're trying to be proactive, and I emphasize this. I have covered ergonomics for young people before, but if you are the parent of a young person listening to this, or if you've just really try and build habits into them. Because as I said before, I genuinely am concerned for this generation's adolescence and what their musculoskeletal health is going to be when they are fully grown and when they're entering the workforce because I do feel there's going to be a lot of issues that we really would not have seen previously. So if you are responsible for a young person and their phone use, I would try and gently encourage good habits now before it's kind of too late for those guys. As always, I will put any links and I will put the link to the blog post for this with some photographs into the show notes, my social media handles in the show notes, my emails in the show notes. If anyone wants to get in touch, please do, please reach out. Always happy to hear from people. And if you have any suggestions for episodes that you'd like me to cover, please get in touch. And until then, everybody, stay well. <laughs>